Hey mama, welcome back to the Smart Bells Fitness Show. Today is a really exciting topic and I think it's really appropriate as we enter a new year. If you are trying to conceive, if you're currently pregnant or if you're already a mom with kiddos and maybe you're thinking about becoming pregnant again or not, this episode is for you. And today I'm going to kind of tell you my story about how my husband and I decided to make the decision to invest in building a garage gym. I'm going to talk about our story, how we did it. I'm going to fill you in on why I think you should consider building a home gym and who it's for, who it's not for. I'm also going to tell you where I think your money is best spent when it comes to equipment purchases things that you need to consider when you're setting up your space and all of the benefits that come along with that. And we'll probably honestly do a part two of this series because there's so much to talk about. So on that note, here we go. Hey mama, welcome to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast, where you can learn how to stay fit, healthy, and feel good during and after pregnancy. I'm your host, Kelsey Lee Miller. I'm a certified pre and postnatal coach, and I believe as moms, we show up as our best when we prioritize caring for our bodies. When you're equipped with the right tools, you can show up confidently in your workouts, in the kitchen, and also in life. If you're here for that reheated coffee and those nap time workouts, you are in the right spot. It's time to prioritize your own health so that you can feel good in your skin again. Let's get excited for today's show. All right, so garage gyms. Let's talk about garage gyms, home gyms. My husband and I decided to build a garage gym. This actually happened pre-COVID and it ended up being one of the best decisions that we've ever made. And Let me just start by saying that if you are somebody who is more motivated by being around other people when you go work out at the gym, maybe you're a little bit more extroverted that way, you enjoy being in a class-like environment, maybe a home gym is not for you. It could potentially still be for you once you hear some of the pros that come along with it, but it's not necessarily for everybody. So here's some of the pros that I think come along with having a home gym who it would serve best who it is for. If you're a person who doesn't mind working out alone, or maybe you even enjoy that, if you're a homebody, you are somebody who is more likely to do something if it's already at your house. You are tired of creepy dudes watching you do hip thrusts at the gym, and it just makes you feel really uncomfortable, and you would just rather be able to do that at your house where nobody's gawking and staring. You want an easily accessible space so you can make it a habit to do four to six days out of the week. All of these descriptions might indicate that a home gym is right for you. So some of the pros to having a home gym, I would say are you can literally wear whatever you want. If you want to wear pajamas one day, you wear pajamas. If you want to wear workout pants, if you don't want to wear shoes, if you want to wear shoes, you just want to wear a sports bra, whatever you want to wear, you can wear, which is so nice. It makes it so easy, which is key. If you're trying to build a new habit, if you've listened to my podcast episode on habit building, you know that in order to create sustainable change in your life, you have to make the new habit 
the easiest and most obvious choice. So it has to be easy, it has to be obvious, and it's gotta be the one that is gonna be easy for you to pick. So having the gym in your home definitely allows for that. So again, like I said, whether you're trying to conceive, whether you're pregnant or whether you already have kids, I think keeping in mind that for those early years as a mom and when you're pregnant, you're probably gonna be exercising a lot when your kiddos are asleep. That's what has worked well for me, and I'm sure there's other ways to do it, but that's the time that I find that I don't get interrupted. I can focus on it. It's a stress reliever for me, and it's it's just easier to do when they're asleep, when they're really little, and they can't necessarily entertain themselves yet on their own. So it just makes it that much easier. You can also, I think an added bonus is when your kids get older, you can let them see what you do. And then it's setting an example to them, which I think is fantastic and amazing. And if you really want to influence your kids, you have to pay attention to what you do because that's always going to speak louder than what you say. Also, one other thing that's kind of fun is if you like to take little dance breaks between sets, you can do that. And also, you know, if you fart, nobody cares. So all of those things are added benefits of working out at your house. So Anecdotally, I also want to say that as somebody who has worked in multiple gyms as a trainer before I had my own company and my own business, and also as someone who's worked out in top-notch facilities, I just want to personally say that you can create something just as good in your home for a fraction of the cost that you would pay just to get personal training at a place like that over the course of your life. So yes, it is an investment. Yes, it is something that you have to commit to before you do it. And depending on how much you want to spend, you can end up with a really awesome place or space to work out in your home. You can spend less than $5,000. You can spend five to 10 you can spend 10 to 20, you could spend 20 to 30. I mean, it, it kind of just depends how, how deep down the rabbit hole you wanna dive and how much equipment you wanna get. So I want you to keep this perspective in mind. A lot of people will look at our gym, if you've been over on my YouTube channel or my Instagram or my Facebook page, you'll see, I have a highlight on my Instagram that kind of shows the transformation of our garage gym and what it looked like at the beginning and then what it looks like now. And if you've seen that, a lot of people look at that and they're like, gosh, that's a lot of money. But I want to challenge you in that thought and actually say that while it is money, it's well spent because what I get from the gym equipment and from the space is so much more than just equipment. I get improvements in my health, right? I get increased muscle mass. I get improved mood and cognition. I get improved brain productivity. I increase my longevity. My body composition is better. My energy increases throughout the day. I sleep better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? I could go on and on and on about all the benefits that I get from being in this space. I also consider this to be a really great form of self-care and a really important part of my morning routine. Now, if you've listened to other podcasts or even just the intro of this podcast, I talk about the nap time workouts, which were really helpful for me during the first year of my son's life. 
simply because A, as a breastfeeding mom, if you're breastfeeding all throughout the day, it's painful to exercise before you breastfeed in the morning. And if your baby is still getting on a good sleep schedule, you want to sleep when they're sleeping. So I would always try to exercise during that first nap because that was after I would feed him. And then the milk would obviously not be, my boobs weren't so full of milk and it was just a lot less painful. So that's something to consider too. If you are planning to breastfeed or you are a breastfeeding mom. Now that he's over a year old, he's just breastfeeding a lot less, even though he still is nursing. So I can get up in the morning. It's not as painful. I can do workouts and I'm just fine. So it's an important part of my morning routine. I know that was a little tangent there, but there's just so many benefits to what you get from having a space in your home. Not to mention, you don't have to have a nanny because you can do it while your kids are asleep. You don't have to take your kids to childcare. You also don't have to worry about gyms closing with the pandemic and whatever else is going to happen with that. So it's it's just a win-win in my perspective. And my husband and I decided to do it. We decided it was worth it. It was less than a car. Like we created an amazing space that we're going to use for the rest of our lives and it costs less than a car. And you know, we had my husband's little red Ford Focus hatchback from college, and we decided that we were just going to drive that until it died instead of going out and buying a new car because we wanted to invest in our health and just take the preventative measure of investing in things that are going to help change your lifestyle to create daily habits that help you become more consistent over time. And consistency is key. So the best advice I can give you if you do decide to build this garage gym or home gym for yourself, it doesn't have to be in the garage. It's just to keep showing up. And that's the best advice I've ever gotten in life, I think, is just keep showing up because consistency trumps everything. So, okay, now that I have kind of talked about why we decided to do it, I'm also going to help you figure out where you should start and how to find a space for a gym in your home. So we'll jump right into that now that we've kind of covered the introduction to the benefits of having a garage gym. When you're trying to find a space for this, so depending on where you live, if you're in the United States or outside of the country, um, whether you have a basement or not, whether you've got a garage that's accessible or not, you really don't need a ton of space in order to create a gym. Now, here's a few recommendations that I would give to you. First one is to find a place that you won't have to put the equipment away and pull it back out every single time you want to use it. I think one of the biggest mistakes with good intentions, mind you, that moms will make when they're trying to design a gym is say, okay, I'm just going to get a couple dumbbells. I'm going to get a ball. I'm going to get a mat and I'm just going to shove it under my bed and then I'll pull it out when I want it. You're not going to do it. You're not going to pull it out. You're going to forget it's under there. If you don't see it, it's not going to trigger that you should use it. You might use it a couple times, but if we're talking about making this the easiest and the most obvious choice, you have to put it somewhere where you're not going to have to pull out all the equipment before you even start working out. That's going to feel like a huge hassle. I also would not recommend working out in your bedroom if you can absolutely prevent it. 
If you can't, okay, but I think you can probably find another spot where you could fit some weights. Your bedroom should be for sleep and sex, and that's it. And I talk about that in another podcast episode on the importance of sleep and stress management, but it should be a place where you should be able to walk in and relax, your nervous system calms down, and everything gets ready for you to go to sleep. So it's not the best space for you to be exercising in because you want your brain to relax when you go into your bedroom. So that's the first point. Pick a spot where you won't have to pull the equipment out and put it back every single time you want to use it. The second tip is pick a spot that you actually enjoy going into. So if it's dingy, if it's dark, if it's not pretty, maybe you're a visual person like me, like I enjoy having a space that looks good. So it doesn't have to be like the Taj Mahal, right? But it needs to be a place that you enjoy going into. It needs to feel kind of like a gym. So it needs to be light. It needs to be bright. It hopefully has some type of a door or window that you can open the door or look out the window, keeping it clean, keeping it organized not sticking it in a dirty, dark, dingy corner somewhere. Trust me on this. You're going to use it more if it's something that is appealing for you to use. If it's not nice, you're not going to use it. The third point is don't be afraid to spend some money on it. Once you decide you're going to commit to it, don't be afraid to buy the right equipment. If it's a valuable piece that fits the space that you have, you're going to be so glad that you did purchase the right size piece for the space because whether it's just ease of use or serving a specific purpose that that piece of equipment has, it's worth it to get the stuff that's gonna fit the space so you don't have to spend all your time moving crap around and you can just go and exercise and it feels good and that's the whole point, right? We're just trying to create a space that is functional for you. So to summarize, Finding a space, pick a space where you won't have to pull it out and put it away every time you want to use it. Make it a space you enjoy, light, bright, clean, and organized, and don't be afraid to spend some money on the equipment that you're going to put in there, okay? So keep in mind, if you do plan on purchasing a barbell, which I will make a case for in a minute, but a barbell is seven feet long, and in order to be able to load plates on the sides, you need at least two feet of clearance on each end to strip it take the plates off and put the plates on safely. And now we're going to kind of jump into a few equipment recommendations that I have for you. So this is where I feel like my experience is going to come in really handy and help you out because if you go look at the garage gym we've created, it's pretty intense. Like we have a lot of stuff in here And there's definitely things I would probably do different in the future, but there's also things that I would not change for the world. So I'm going to talk about what I think is worth your money and what I think is not worth your money. What's worth top dollar and what's not. Okay. So keep in mind, things that are worth top dollar are things that it's going to make a difference when you're using the pieces of equipment day in and day out whether it makes a difference in how the piece of equipment functions for you and how long it lasts, okay? So things that I think are worth top dollar is getting a really good barbell. I think investing in getting one really good all-around barbell 
You might spend a few hundred dollars on a bar, but this bar, most of the time, if you buy it from a company that has really good warranties like Rogue, and I'm not sponsored by Rogue, I'm just giving you my equipment recommendations. So let me just add in any links that I put in this episode for Amazon specifically. I am an Amazon affiliate, so I will get a small commission, but all the other links, I'm just telling you because I think those pieces are the best. There is some stuff you can get from Amazon, but there's other stuff that I would definitely not recommend. So starting with the stuff that's worth top dollar, let's go back to the bar. So I think Rogue bars are really worth it. They're made extremely well. They last an incredibly long time. They have free shipping on the bar. Often if you buy it during a sale time like Black Friday or some other big sale that they have, and you can get a really good quality bar that's going to be good for most lifts that you do. So two bars that I really like from Rogue are the Matt Chan bar and the Rogue Ohio bar. They're really good for just overall lifts. What I mean by that is they're not like a specific deadlift bar. It's not like a powerlifting bar. We have those bars. Like my husband and I purchased those bars, but I think for most of you, you're not going to need all those types of bars. Just get a really good overall, all around solid quality barbell and you'll be set. The next thing I think that's worth it is a good bench. I think if you can only pick one that you should probably get an adjustable bench because you can do so much more with an adjustable bench. If you have a flat bench, that's great. I love the Thompson fat pad that we got from Rogue. It's super squishy. It's super big and thick. I love doing hip thrusts on that. And it's just very, very comfortable to use, but it is a flat bench. So if you were going to be able to invest in two types of benches, I would say get the fat pad and then um, get an incline bench. I'll recommend an incline bench in the show notes for you. But getting one that's easy to adjust, that has a bunch of different angles on it and making sure that it's going to fit in your space well is important. So the barbell's worth top dollar in my opinion. A good bench is worth it. Resistance bands are worth the money. If you get cheapo mini bands off Amazon, they will snap and break and get way too stretched out way too fast. I have done this. I've tried many brands and I will link some that I think are good quality brands that you can get, but they normally shouldn't be busting and breaking, especially if it's just you using them or if it's just a couple people in your house using them. The next thing that I think is worth your money is a solid squat rack or some type of a rig. Okay. So if you're just going to buy a squat rack, this one kind of floats in the middle for me. So I don't think you have to pay top dollar necessarily for a name brand squat rack, but you also don't want a really crappy cheap one because you're going to be putting a barbell on and off of this thing and you want it to be sturdy. You want it to be easy to use. It's not something that you want to go cheap on, but you also might not have to buy name brand just for the sake of buying name brand. I think it's important to keep in mind too, when you're purchasing name brand items or top dollar items, high quality stuff is made and designed by the manufacturer to last for tons of use for major wear and tear in a commercial gym when 50 plus people a day are using it seven days a week. 
So for you, if you invest in one really good bar, that's going to last you forever because you're the only one using it. Those are the items that I think you should consider paying a little bit more for just because of the amount that you will use them. The items that I think you don't have to pay top dollar for would be name brand dumbbells. You can get a really good hex dumbbell, which is the black rubber that's in that hexagon shape. Those are very sturdy. They last for a very long time. And again, like I said, they're not being used by 50 people a day. You're the only one using it. So if you take good care of those, they will last forever. I know I mentioned the squat rack situation a second ago. I think the caveat here is that unless you're going to get one that is a specific type, like they make some that you can attach on the wall in your garage and they can fold down and then you can kind of push them back up. So if you had to park your car in the garage, if you lived in the Midwest because of inclement weather or things like that, you could do that. And it's easy to pull down and push back up. That's something to consider. Or if you want to make an investment and get something that does everything, like I think if we have a rig set up in our garage, so we've got two squat racks setups connected by a pull-up bar in the middle. And it's great because my husband and I can both use it at the same time if we have to. And we just have dumbbells stored behind it. But if you're not looking to get a big rig. We got that rig from a place called Extreme Training Equipment, which if you live in California, they have different locations throughout the state that you can find. And I'll link that website for you, but you can find, it's basically like buying wholesale gym equipment. And that's where we got our rigs from, right? Because I mean, they're metal, like they're steel. It's not like you have to buy a name brand rig to get something that's going to work really well. And they're super sturdy and they work great. That being said, I think if I could do it all over again, I might consider getting what Rogue makes called a monster cave. <laughs> it's kind of intimidating sounding the monster cave, right? This is so cool because it has like, if you're trying to get a space for a squat rack, it comes with storage space for items in the back the front sides have weight stacks. So you've got a high pulley and a low pulley situation already attached. So you can get different attachments for the high pulley. So you could do lap pull downs, you could do face pulls, you could do tricep extensions. There's so many things you could do. And then same thing for the low pulley. And that's all attached within that piece of equipment. That's gonna run about 5,700 bucks, but Honestly, if I could do it all over again, I would get that because it is so efficient and it gives you so much in such a small amount of space. So I hope this is making sense with the squat rack. Like you, you want to buy something that's made of high quality steel. And if you're trying to fit more in less space, maybe you do go with a brand that has a really cool piece like Rogue does. But if you want a couple rigs and, or just a single rig to stick in your garage, just get something from a more generic place. It doesn't necessarily have to be name brand. Other items that I think you can get that are not necessarily worth top dollar, you don't need to get like a brand name stability ball. I got mine from Amazon and it works great. So I will link the one that I got. Name brand bumper plates. Those are the plates that go on the ends of the barbell. Definitely do not need to buy name brand bumper plates. 
Name brand kettlebells. Again, it's a kettlebell, right? It's made out of metal. Name brand boxes. It's literally a box made out of wood, right? All of these things, you can purchase lots of space-saving options. Like they have really cool adjustable with like a little twist dial if you're really short on space for dumbbells and kettlebells. And I will link that in the show notes, but they're really, really cool. And they save you a ton of money too. So you can get a set, like for example, you can get a dumbbell that you can adjust from five pounds to 52 pounds. And it's easy to adjust. It's not like the annoying pull out the thing, reconnect it, takes 10 minutes to adjust the weight. You can get a set of those for 400 bucks. And if you were going to buy all of those individual dumbbell weights, those run now like for two bucks a pound or more. So that's a pretty normal price for gym equipment, like $2 a pound. Now, back when we did our gym, we got a lot of it for like a dollar a pound, which is so cheap now, but everything is more expensive. So anyway, you can get a set of those dumbbells for like 400 bucks, which Again, that's going to cost you over a thousand bucks if you were to purchase every single set of dumbbells. Plus it takes up a lot more space. Now we did purchase every single set and I like that. But I think again, if you're trying to save space, you could get that space saving option. There's also a kettlebell that's made the same way that I will link. And you just spin the little dial and it gives you a different weight on the kettlebell. So there's... There's options like that that I think are really helpful to just be aware of. Another thing that you should definitely not pay full price for are mats, okay? Mats can be really, really expensive. And the best type of mat, in my opinion, to put in your home gym is a horse mat. These are super strong. They're really durable. They're normally three quarters of an inch thick when it comes to thickness, which is what I would recommend, especially if you're going to be dropping barbells and plates and, you know, lifting heavy weight with deadlifts and things like that. I think that it's important to have something that's going to protect your floor. So making sure that it's at least a three quarter inch thick and these mats, this is what we got in our garage. They're three quarters of an inch. They're four by six mats. And when we purchased them, they were like 45 bucks a mat, which is so cheap. And you can spend a ton of money on those little like puzzle piece ones that connect and those work, but they're not as strong and they're not as thick and they're definitely going to wear out over time. So I think that's just something to consider when it comes to mats. I will link a good horse mat. I got those from extreme training equipment when we did our gym, but I think there's a lot of really cool options that you can put in your space. For part two, I'm going to talk about how to organize your space and the essential pieces that I would recommend starting with. And if you want to expand and kind of build out how I would recommend doing that, I'll talk a little bit about how we built our platforms, how we put our gym together, and we'll just kind of dive into that a little bit in the next episode. So I hope you enjoyed this. This was really fun for me to get to share this with you. And it's something I'm really passionate about. So if you enjoyed this, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. My contact info is below in the show notes, but you can also just reach out to me on Instagram at Smart Bells Fitness 
or just shoot me an email, kelsey at smartbellsfitness.com. And I will see you next time. I'll see you back here soon. Hey mama, thanks for tuning in today. Really quick before you go, if this podcast has blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts. I get really excited every time I see that this show has positively impacted your life in some way. If you would do that for me, I would be so grateful. The second thing you can do is just tell another mama you think could benefit from listening to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast. That's it for now. I'll see you back here soon.